Look at your neighbor in the eye and say, neighbor, today your life will never, ever be the same again. If you believe that, put your hands together for Jesus. Hallelujah. This afternoon we have Shabbat. Tell your neighbor Shabbat. So we were trying to rehearse for what is going to happen in the afternoon. Amen. Shabbat means in the Hebrew, it means intense high praise. Somebody say intense high praise. Yeah, so the whole afternoon will be worshiping and praising God. Amen. So prepare your heart and prepare yourself for what God has to do. Amen. And I know for sure you shall be blessed. Hallelujah. We had a powerful Kesha last Friday. It was awesome. Come on, let's appreciate God. Let's appreciate God. Let's appreciate God. You see, for the past few weeks, the Kesha has been on another notch. It's been, it's, been, it's been powerful. So if you are missing those all night services, please make sure the coming one, at least we are going to go on break. From next week, we will not be having cashes for the next almost like three weeks. And so by the time we come, we will hit it until we have Christmas. Amen? So I'm giving you a lot of breaks, like three, whole three weeks of break. So when we come back, we have another intense Kesha until Christmas, amen? And we, we will have a break for you to go for Christmas, and then after Christmas, we come back for the intense three days as we cross over into the new year, amen? amen. Yeah, so from this coming Friday, no, there is no Kesha. You have three free, free weeks of break, amen? Yes, and then we come back with another, um, 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 another notch, amen? Yes, and yesterday we had evangelism, and there were 94 souls that were one... Oh, come on, let's appreciate Jesus. 94 souls were won to the glory of the Lord. 94 people decided to change their lives and give their lives to Jesus. They decided to follow Christ. Hallelujah. Come on, let's appreciate God. Let's appreciate God. Let's appreciate God. Let's appreciate God. And we thank God for that. And every single one of you that was part of the evangelism, may God bless you, taking out your time. When we go to heaven, one of the things that will make you different from the others is the crowns on your head. And your crowns will be determined by what you did with your life here on the earth for the Lord. Amen. And winning souls give you more crowns. Hallelujah. So most of you, the same way in here in Nairobi, some people live in Karen, others live in Donholm. When we go to heaven, it will not be the same. Based on the crowns you have acquired, that will determine how bright you will shine. Amen. So tell your neighbor and say, neighbor, win a soul for Jesus. Yes, so please make sure you win a soul for Jesus. And I want us to do something before we go after service. Before we, when I finish the word, we want to make, spend time and pray for the young ones that are writing exams from tomorrow. Amen. How many of you have children that are writing exams? Yeah, we want to spend time and pray and speak into their lives that every child connected to this house and every child of the kingdom, grace shall be released over them and that they shall excel in their education. Amen? Amen? It's not really about what you write and what you know. It's about the grace of God that comes upon you. So let's pray for them this um, morning before we go home, and I know they shall be blessed. Are you blessed to be here? Yes. Now say after me, I receive the word. I, receive the word. I believe the word. I, believe the word. I, work the word. I work on the word. The word works on me. 
Say it again. I receive the word. I believe the word. I work on the word. The word works on me. For the first, past few weeks, I've been teaching on kingdom behavior. Tell your neighbor kingdom behavior. How as a kingdom child you are supposed to be behaving. And uh, I, want, I don't want us to start from the top. Otherwise, we are starting from, where, from the bit of Titan last week. So just move the slides all down to the part of... Uh, yes yes so last week i made us understand what the tithe is and i made you understand that the tithe belongs to god tell you anybody the tithe belongs to god and the bible says that when you pay your tithe you open the windows of heavens unto you and cause heaven to pour you a blessing in other words, when you pay your tithe or when you honor God with your tithe, what you are indirectly telling God is that he is part of what you do. You are in partnership with him. The only way you give part of your profits or your income to a, another man is a sign that the person is part of whatever it is you do. And I made you understand you have life not because you are entitled to it. It is just by the grace and the mercies of God that is why we have life. Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 9 verses 15 to 16, God said in that scripture, when we read the letter Apostle Paul wrote to the church in Rome, he says that God said, I will have mercy on whom I want to have mercy and I, Jehovah, I will have compassion on whom I want to have compassion. And so, he says, it is not of him that wills, nor of him that runs, but it is God that shows mercy. In other words, it's got nothing to do with your effort. In other words, the very fact that you have life, you can go to work and come back. It's not because you are too smart than those that don't have work. It's not because you are too intelligent or connected or moneyed or handsome or beautiful. It is just by his grace and mercy. So when you come to a place of understanding that you are what you are by the grace of God and you have the things you have by his grace, you learn how to honor him from what he makes available to come to you. If you are so stingy when you come to honoring God with your resources, you are actually telling God that you know what, everything I am and whatever I have and everything I do, I got it by myself. I mean, everything was by my skill. Everything was by my connection. And ladies and gentlemen, let me remind you, a few years ago, there was something called COVID-19. Many people died. Some of you, you had COVID three times, four times times but guess what the people that had it once died some of them were holier than you they were serving God better than you they did things right more than you but somehow they died but you and I somehow Jehovah chose to keep us alive 
Are you hearing me? You have every reason to thank God for the gift of life. When you don't learn to appreciate Jehovah and honor God for the fact that he has given you life, it's a sign of ingratitude and a sign of pride for that matter. And God can choose to take away from you everything that you have. And you shall be left on your own. But my prayer is that we come to the place of understanding when we, when it comes to honoring the Lord with our thigh. It is not a matter of um 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 um, um it is it is got no negotiation. You are just doing it because of the fact that He is part of your life. He is part of what you do. He is part of the He is a reason for which you are alive. So you say, as I work, and He gives me life. He gives me breath. He gives me good health i will learn to honor him with the 10 percent of what he gives me are we here first corinthians chapter 4 verses 7 the bible says what do you have that you did not receive and if you did receive it why are you acting as if you did not receive it everything you have let's read that scripture because i like it very much one go no, no, no. Let's read it like at least we can read English. One go. Now he says, For who makes you differ from another? I told you my father taught me this scripture and it has never left me. Say, so Who makes you have 10 million in your account and another person have negative? 200,000. They even owe the bank negative. Are you getting me? Who makes you drive a good car and another person use a border border? Who makes you differ from another? It is God that brings that difference in our lives. And the same God can change your life within a split second. If you learn how to honor him. And I pray that by the time you gather here next week. May Jehovah God give you a testimony. If he is the one that makes us differ from another. And he is the one that grants us what we have. And he says, and what do you have that you did not want? Yes, everything you have. The primary one is life. Somebody say life. He has chosen to give you life. What do you have that you did not receive? And if you did receive it, why are you boasting as if you did not receive it? And he says, if God makes you differ from another, and in that sense, you come to him and say, Father, everything I am, whatever I have, it is just by your grace. I choose to honor you with it. Amen? Yes. So you need to come to the place of honoring God with what you have. So that is what I was explaining. The time, the time belongs to God, and the fact that, the fact that it remains... Tied, it means that I mean you don't you have no obligation as to see somebody come and tell you, okay, so I gave my tithe, so I want to know what the tithe is used for. No, it is you see, have you ever gone to I mean state house and demanded the taxes you pay how it is used? Hello? You you can you walk in there? Can you walk into state house and say you paid tax? You've been paying, some of you have been paying tax since the day you were born. And you don't know how it is used. But in the house of God, you want to question and query every single thing. Somebody say mercy. mercy. Now let's go to the next point quickly. So I made you understand about the tithe. And I said to you, in the olden days, the tithe was 
solely for the priest in the Old Testament church before Jesus came. It was for the Come on, the tithe was for the Come on, the tithe was for the and you see that in those days they were so I mean, I mean, I'm faithful with their tithes. And they were not only paying tithes in the Old Testament, they were used to pay I mean, grain offering, peace offering, sin offering, um, sacrificial offering, free will offering. They had almost like 10 different offerings they were supposed to give besides the tithes. Can you imagine? First fruits, all of them, all those were supposed to be given. And all of them belong to the priests. In the Old Testament, the priests were wealthier than the New Testament priests. Are you getting me? Yes. No, every single thing was solely for them. And they were giving so many offerings. But in the New Testament church, some of it has to go into paying bills, maintaining the church, expenses, see all these lies, bills, and everything. In the, New Testament, in the Old Testament, there were no lights. There were no paying any bills. In fact, there was no house. They were living in tents. <laughs> Amen? But now, the tithe has got more responsibilities than it had in the past. Amen? Yeah. So, I made you understand that. And I said, the benefits of tithe, and I said, when you pay your tithe, number one, the heavens open unto you. When you pay your tithe, you activate and open heavens. And I said to you, when you honor the Lord with your tithe, the devourer is rebuked for your sake. Somebody say, the devourer is rebuked. You see, the problem we have here is that most people don't understand one thing. It is one thing getting and another thing maintaining. There's a difference between getting money and keeping the money or maintaining or multiplying what you have you see most of you you can make a lot of money within a month but sometimes you don't even know where it disappears to in my language we say there are some people who are saving with the devil they are saving with demons so when the money comes the demons will come and collect it so they don't know where it goes most of you that is what happens you literally don't know how money disappears from your hand why and sometimes the reason is there is a devourer that comes to devour what you have you make money but you cannot account for it you pay hospital bills you pay unnecessary charges have you realized that when you have a lot of money when your bonus comes that is when your grandmother will call you all the relatives it's as if they know that you have money. All your relatives start to call. All of a sudden, oh, this one is not well. That is happening. And all the money will disappear again. Are you getting me? Yeah. Why? Because the devourer has been activated. I pray that may Jehovah deliver you from every devourer. Amen. Say every devourer, every devourer that devours my finances. From today, you are destroyed. In Jesus' name. Yes. So, Tight activate financial favor. Financial favor comes upon you when you release your tight. Uh, did I teach on this? I didn't teach on this. Wow. In my mind, I thought I had taught on this. So I was coming to actually teach on something. The way I'm so excited about what I'm coming to teach on, I feel disappointed already. The way... What I, what I wanted to teach on, I was, going to, I was going to go to other, I mean, kingdom behavior. I was going to go on kingdom dressing, you know. <laughs> eh? We can pause this one. <laughs> no, no I, I thought I had finished all this thing on time, so I was so excited coming to. That's why I'm rushing through. I want to get to what I want. To, but anyway, let me just take my time. 
Let's go. So, when you honor God with your tithes, let me just try and move a bit faster. At least I can touch on a bit of what I wanted to teach on before I go. See, when you honor God with your tithe, the first thing I said is the heavens open unto you, number two. The devourer is rebuked for your sake, number three. You will receive financial favor. Somebody say financial favor. Yes, when you honor God with your tithes, you receive financial favor. Favor begins to come your way from all forms of corners. Sometimes when you least expected it, God will make it happen unto you. Amen? Amen. Yes. Tithe is a demonstration of your connection with God. Actually, when you read Malachi chapter um, 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 10, the scripture that we, we normally quote on Titan, Malachi 3, 6. Give me Malachi chapter 3, verse 6. God actually says it there. Now, shall we read one go? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, I want you to note this. The Bible says, God says, For from the days of your fathers, you have gone away from my, come on, from my, and you have not what? Kept them, full stop. Now, let's follow. He says, return to me, and I will return to you. Now, God starts a new conversation. God says, most of you have disconnected yourselves from me. And it's so strange how God talks about connect, reconnecting to him. And he brings in the subject of Titan. It's very, very weird. He says, return to me, and I will what? Says, but you said, in what way shall we next verse will a man rob God now he says in what way shall a man return take me back quickly he says in what way shall a man return now there's a question he asked a question isn't it so he's coming to answer the way we should return back to him are you following me there is a question here he poses a rhetorical question and he comes back to answer he says you have gone away from me he said from the days of your fathers you have gone away from my ordinances and you have not kept them return to me and i will return to you says the lord of hosts but you ask in what way shall we return how have we disconnected ourselves from you god and now god comes and says will a man rob god yes you have robbed me huh but you say, in what way have we robbed you? And he says, in? In? So he talks about the robbing of tithe or our inability to bring him the tithe as a way of we disconnecting from him. Are we following me? In other words, when you fail to honor him with your tithe, you are literally drawing away from him. Because before he talks about you bringing your tithe or you robbing him with your tithe, he talks about we have separated ourselves from him and so we should return back unto him. Let me tell you, it might look um, physical, it might look like something that looks intangible and non-spiritual, but guess what? Tithe is more spiritual than you can even think of. You honoring him is a sign that you are coming back to him. The Bible says where a man's treasure is, that where a man's heart is, that is where his treasure is. 
Most of us, we treasure certain things so much. You treasure the finances and the, your hard-earned money. If you cannot honor the Lord with part of it, it's a sign that you don't connect with him. So when you honor the Lord with your tithe, as I said, it's a, it's a demonstration of your connection to the Lord. And it's a demonstration of your honor. You are honoring him. Amen? Amen. Yes. And number five, Tide activates promotion. He says, I will open the windows of heavens and pour you a blessing. And some of the blessings that come, they don't come just in finances. They come in promotions. They come in good health. Somebody say good health. Shout it, say good health. Number seven, I mean, you get results in profit making and end to poverty. God will make you profitable. Somebody shall profitable. When you read the book of Isaiah, he, um, 48, he says, I, the Lord, I am the one that teaches you to make profits. Amen? He says, I, Jehovah, I teach you to make what? May Jehovah go from today make you profitable. May he make you profitable. Yes, number... I've thought about that. It's a demonstration of your honor to God. It's a demonstration of your commitment to God. And number 10, it shows that you are not alone in what you are doing. When you honor the Lord with your tithe, you are literally saying you are partnering with Jehovah. And if God is your partner, I dare you, I dare to tell you, you shall not fail. Amen. I said you shall not fail. I said you shall not fail. I said you shall not fail. If you are here, shall I receive. Shouted, I receive. Shouted, I receive. And I gave you the story of William Colgate last week, yeah? Yeah, so I don't want to go back to it. Now let's go to point number five. Kingdom behavior. So I'll tell you about kingdom behavior. So we are finished with the tight. Now we are going to... We've been teaching on kingdom behavior series for the almost over a month now. How you are supposed to behave in this kingdom. Amen. When you go to court, there is a way you are supposed to behave. When you go to um, 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 the hospital, when you are about to have a surgery, they even remove your clothes. It doesn't matter how expensive your suit is. They will remove and put on you some funny green dress and tell you to lie down. Amen. On a funny bed. Amen. Yeah, so there is a way you are expected to behave as a child of God. So I talked about the way you talk, I talked about the way you act. Now we are going to the way you behave in the house of God in terms of your giving. Now we are going to the way you dress. Somebody say, Wow. wow. <laughs> no, I've been meaning to say this for a very long time. So, so finally, it is here. <laughs> Tell your neighbor kingdom behavior. kingdom behavior. Now let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verses 31. Uh, where is Teddy? Now get those dresses that we had the last time. You remember? Get them for me. Shall we read one go?
Now I want you to shout it like your voice is yours. One go. Therefore, what, whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, do it to the glory of God. Now the Bible says in everything we do, we must do it to the glory of so in every way you dress, the way you come to the house of God, the first question you ask yourself is, does it glorify? Does it glorify? You must have it at the back of your mind. The way you are dressing, think like you are walking to heaven and you are going to see angels. Not that you are eyeing brother John, so you have come with an intention to dress in a way to, so that brother John will see you and ask your number and take you for coffee. Are we together? Can I be honest with you? If, if, if there are some people, if, if we were to do a little bit of um, secret, or you know, we have a lie detector um, 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 machine here, there are some people that dress for somebody this Sunday morning. No, some of you, no, you, you came to church holy, you want to serve God. But not everybody is here to serve God. No, you need to understand that it's a fact. Somebody just came to check. Somebody said, oh, let's meet in church and let me sign your contract for you. Are you getting me? Somebody has eyed Brother John for three weeks now. He says, today, I must impress Brother John. Are we together? So let your coming to church not be because of a man. Let your coming to church be because you are here to serve who? Are we together? Yes, when your emphasis on your coming here shifts from you are here because of a man, I'm telling you, you should have at least stayed at home and watched Netflix. At least you'll be entertained. But when your coming here is to serve Jehovah God, Jehovah God will have every reason to bless you. So everything we do, whether you eat or drink, everything must be in a way that eventually it honors who? Jehovah and not a man. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, I'm here to honor God with my life and my service. Let your coming to church be in a way that you are here to honor God. You are here for Jesus and nothing else. If you are here because you want somebody to take your number, you might be disappointed. They already have somebody else's number for your information. <laughs> numbers. <laughs> Pastor Rewe is saying some people are here for numbers. Now let's go to 1 Timothy chapter 2 verse 9. Don't feel bad if you came for somebody. At least God is working on your mind. Amen? Amen. Yes. See, let me tell you, if the word of God does not hit you, that means it's not the word of God. The Bible says all scripture is given by the inspiration of God and it is profitable for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped unto every good work. So scripture is not for your entertainment, it's for your correction, it's for your equipping. 
I think that is First Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. He said, Oh, scripture is given by the inspiration. Give me that scripture. Is it First Timothy or Second Timothy? 3 16. All scripture is given by the inspiration of God. Every scripture, even this one. Somebody say this one. Yeah. It is given by what? The inspiration of God, it is profitable for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the, every one of us may be thoroughly equipped unto every good work. So the word of God must correct you, it must equip you. It now shall we read one go? Now, again, he says all scripture. Somebody say all scripture. all scripture. All scripture is given by who? The inspiration of Jehovah. And it is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Uh -huh. Next verse. That the man of God, that you may be one, complete Thoroughly equipped for every good work. So when you come to the house of God, the word of God must reprove you. It must correct you. It must instruct you. Ah, what is the why is the man of God preaching me today? Who should I preach? <laughs> should I preach to the chairs and the microphones? No. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Amen. When you are being preached, it means that God is working on you. Those ones that come and say, preach, man of God, preach. They are the ones that you, they are feeling it. <laughs> tell them. When, when it's against him, they will say, tell them. <laughs> anyway, let's go back to our scripture. First Timothy chapter 2. Verses 9. Shall we read one go? Okay, let's start from verse 8. First Timothy 2. 8 to 9. Shall we read one go? No, no, no. Look at how Apostle Paul starts the writing. He says, I desire therefore that men should pray what? Pray what? Tell your neighbor you can pray everywhere. You can pray anywhere. That is scripture. The Bible says, I desire therefore that men should pray what? Everywhere. Have you realized that even when you go to a club and you tell somebody who is high, let's pray, they will bow down for prayer. Yeah. In Ghana, there are clubs that when it gets to two, they start playing gospel music. Even here. Yes. <laughs> wow. Somebody say wow. <laughs> really? So, the way all of you shouted, even here. <laughs> How do you know? <laughs> 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 
you, you, you were there in the past, but now God has saved you. Okay. Put your hands together for Jesus. <laughs> Let's go. Says, I desire that men should pray what? Lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting. Now, Paul is talking about prayer. That his desire is that we pray everywhere, anywhere. So you can pray in your bedroom, you can pray in the matatu, you can pray in the car, you can pray on the road, you can pray, I mean, even in the lavatory, in the loo, you can pray, you can pray anywhere. There are some people, the anointing come when they are in the shower. The way they begin to sink. <laughs> and they even hear God in the shower. So Paul says, I desire that you pray everywhere. Now he goes without wrath and doubting. Now he goes on to say, in like manner also. Hello? That women adorn themselves, what? In modest apparel with and moderation or gold. See, what he's trying to say here, let me tell you, let me try to bring it home for you to understand. That, you see, don't do, you know, in the olden days, this letter was written to the Jews. Somebody say the Jews. You know, those ones, they have those nice hair. You know, the, it's like the way it's the long hair, it's not artificial, yeah? So, he was telling them, don't come. So, some of them, what some of them used to do, listen to me, was this. Imagine you have that long hair. Now, they have, they braid it and make it look very like a caricature. You understand? So, they come to church with a certain funny outlook. With some aggrandizement. I don't know who they were trying to impress. Whether Paul or it was Timothy. Are you getting me? Yeah, so Paul realized that the thing was getting too much. So he says, guys, when you are coming to the house of God, be modest. The emphasis here is modest. Somebody say modest. modest. Yes, modest and in what? I mean, modest and he repeats. The reason why, if you study a bit of I mean, analytical reading, you will understand. He repeats modest and he comes back to repeat what? Moderation. He, to emphasis. So the emphasis in this whole scripture is what? Modesty. More, yeah. So imagine they had those long hair because some of us, I mean, you, your hair is not um, long. So you are, you are added this artificial hair to make it look presentable. That's okay. There's no problem with that. Amen. But now don't come here looking like a caricature. You want to scare everybody and scare the man of God. The man of God looks at you. He wants to run away. Praise the Lord. Amen. Tell your neighbor, be modest. be modest. Yes. Hear me. If you, there are certain dresses that you know and you know. You yourself, you wake up and then you are trying to pull it down. In church. Say, okay, Father, me, I don't have any other day. That's all I have. Don't worry. After service, see me. I'll send you to somebody. They'll get you new dresses. Yeah. Don't come and line up here because you think <laughs> you want to make. 
No, are you getting my point? Let's try as much as possible when you are coming to church, let your dressing be in a way that glorifies Jehovah. Amen? Let it, you, you see, the Bible says come as you are, but it doesn't stay, stay as you are. Yes, you can come with a nice gun, at least for first Sunday, second Sunday, by the third Sunday, the word of God should be able to reprove you and change you into becoming into his image. Are we together? Yeah, so learn how to be modest in your dressing. Tell your neighbor, modest in your dressing. Yeah, there are some things nobody will tell you, but I'm the only one that must tell you. Amen? Yes, so you must learn. See, everything that you are, you put on, ask yourself, well, does it glorify God? Does it glorify how? Will it not call somebody else to sin? Oh, you don't know sometimes some of the things you put on can call someone to sin? Huh? How many of you here, you saw somebody's dress and you felt like, ah, you are sinning, you need to repent? It's possible. It's possible. Tell your neighbor it's possible. So let us learn to glorify God in our come on in our in our yes in your dressing in everything that you put on let us learn to honor Jehovah. Let it be to his glory and not with the intention as long as your intention is to attract a certain person you have missed it. Amen? And the reason why some of you dress those funny, funny things is just because you are, you are eyeing John. And John is not eyeing you. So you want to attract John's attention. Are you learning something? Tell your neighbor kingdom behavior. The next thing that you need to undertake in the kingdom behavior... Some people have started frowning. They are, they, are, they are frowning at me. Even if you frown, I've said it. The good news is that I'm traveling to London on Monday. <laughs> By the time I come, you would have forgotten and we will still be friends. But what I need to tell you, I have told you. Yes? Kingdom behavior. Number six. As part of kingdom behavior, you are expected to fellowship with the church. Fellowship is key. It is, you see, God expects you to fellowship with the brethren. Somebody say fellowship with the brethren. Yeah, God expects you to fellowship with the brethren. It is God's desire that you don't just um, 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 stay home and feel like, you know, you, you know God and you have a, attained a certain level of anointing so you, don't, you cannot fellowship with God's people. It is, you know the, mean, the, word, the, the word backsliding. Somebody say backsliding. The way backsliding comes from two syllables, back and slide. When we say you are backsliding, how many of you know that Michael Jackson danced the way he used to slide like this? Good. What's it called? Moonwalk. Moonwalk. Now, when you say you are backsliding, you are literally sliding. Let's say you are seated here. 
The next time you see you are seated the next row. The next time you see you are seated the next row. Then you are sliding backwards. The next time we see you, you'll be out of the auditorium. Are we together? And most of the time when the enemy wants to disconnect you from God, the first thing he starts to make you feel, don't go to church. Don't connect with God's people. There is, you don't attend any fellowship meeting. You see, the moment somebody starts to convince you that serving God is wrong, that person wants to destroy you. So as part of kingdom behavior, what is expected of you, you are expected to fellowship with the brethren. Tell your neighbor, fellowship with me. Yes, God expects us to be gathering here continuously in fellowship, in prayer, in service, in commitment, in fasting, and in everything that he expects us to do. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 10, verses 25. The Bible says we should not neglect the assembling of the brethren. Let's start from verse 24 so that um, it can... Shall we read one go? In order to stay up love and what? Uh-huh. Not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together. In a, imagine, God has made sure he inscribed it in the, his word that we should not forsake meeting together. Meeting together is key to Jehovah. Are we together? God requires you to come here every Sunday so that you connect with him. God requires you to fellowship with him every Sunday so that you, it's more like telling the Lord, I am here again. Father, cover me, preserve me. I, I have presented myself again. You see, most of you, you report to work. How many of you want, want if you don't report to work for 30 days, how many of you feel like without, without permission, without anything, your boss will be comfortable with you and he will still keep paying you? Huh? Is that how it works? Yeah. Can I tell you something? Your presence here every Sunday is a, is a father. I am here again. Give me life. Are you getting what I'm saying? You are presenting yourself to your maker to tell him, Father, I am here again. Give me life. I am here again. Cover me for the next coming week. I am here again. Preserve my going out and my coming in. I am presenting myself to you every Sunday to say, I have come to say thank you. You covered me last week. I am here again. Father, preserve me. It is a sign of your commitment to him. It's a sign of you, of your gratitude to Jehovah. You see, if he gives you 24 hours in a day, seven days in a week, and he wants you to come and spend three hours, or four, even if he asks you to say, spend the whole day in church for him, ladies and gentlemen, he deserves it. Are we together? Yes. I want you to note it, and I will keep repeating it. It is not... It is, you, it, you, are not, um, 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 you are not entitled to life. God chooses to give you life. When you slept last night, he could have chosen not to make sure, to make, he could have chosen to make sure that you don't wake up. But somehow you woke up. Some of you traveled out of town. You went on a journey. I mean, you were on the highway and somehow you made yourself, you made your way here. 
blesses you. So on a Sunday like this, when you are supposed to gather to, to give him praise, gather to say, Father, thank you, gather to honor his holy name, you have every reason to do it. You've got every cause to honor him with your Sunday. Say, do not forsake assembling of the brethren. Amen? It is God's desire that we gather in his house. It is his desire that we... See, when the enemy wants to destroy you, one of the sure things that he does is to make sure that now you are disconnected from him. When the devil wants to destroy you. Say after me, when the devil wants to destroy you, the first thing he does, number one, is to draw you away from his presence. God, he will draw you away from God's presence. That is the first thing that when the devil wants to destroy you, he draws you first away from church. He will make everybody around church feel like, ah, everybody hates you. These people, they don't love me. In fact, on Sunday, the pastor was even talking about my dressing. The devil wants to destroy you. Are you getting my point? He first makes you feel that, you know what? You don't have to be, you don't belong in his presence. So he first draws you away from church. Draws you away. It's time for Kesha. You don't come. It's time for um, prayer meeting. You don't come. We are going for evangelism. You don't. You disconnect yourself. That is a sign you are on your way to what? Destruction. He draws you first away from church. Number two. He draws you away from prayer. You become prayerless. If you have become prayerless, my friend, just know. And this is, I'm going to teach you something right here. When the enemy takes this from you, automatically this will follow. You cannot tell me you don't like fellowshipping with God's people and you, you are praying all the time in your house. Yes, you can do that. But guess what? This you can do. You can be praying all the time, but there is something that you'll be missing. That is the connection that you have with the brethren. Are you getting me? Yeah? The connection you have with the brethren. The enemy can draw it away from you. And the next thing he gets you, he gets you away from the word of God. Because once he manages to do that to you, you are finished. Somebody say, I'm finished. Yes. He takes you away from God's presence. He takes you away from prayer. He takes away the word of God from... Sometimes, when you are watching online, the enemy even makes you lose interest. Are you getting me? Yeah, it, it takes a lot of discipline to follow services online. It takes a lot of what? Because when you are on your phone like this, you are watching, you are watching, you are watching, and you are in tune with the spirit, and some would send you a test and it will drop on you, and all of a sudden your entire service will be shut down. No, have you been there? Yes. One test message, it will just shatter every and the anointing you have gotten to whichever level, it just shuts you out. So it takes a lot. And sometimes you'll be juggling between going into your WhatsApp, coming back into the service. Are you getting me? And so the enemy has a way. Or if you don't have a lot of discipline, where possibly you put some, sometimes the good thing is, those of you that have got big screens, you can watch it on a screen and you sit down. How many of you watch online on your screens? Okay. You watch it on a big screen so that if you are following online and you are not so disciplined, you can get distracted. And sometimes the part of the message that is meant for you to change your life, that is when that test message will come and then you lose it. Are you getting me? Yes. yes. 
So you need to connect. If you have discipline enough not to get distracted fair enough, you can con con connect online and watch. But guess what? If you are not careful, the enemy will have a way of distracting you and making you miss your prophetic timing. Now, he gets you away from the word of God and now he disconnects you from your covering. So the cycle repeats. He draws you away from church. He draws you away from prayer. He draws you away from the way. And then as long as, even if you, as long as you don't have this and you don't have that, you are already done. You don't have anybody to speak into your life. You don't have anybody to tell you um, um, uh, the mind of God, to instruct you, to direct you. That means, and it all starts when the enemy manages to draw you away from his presence. And the devil has a way of making it so subtle in such a way that you will not even feel it. So once the enemy succeeds in doing that, the first thing that happens is that spiritually your gates are open. Anything can attack you. Somebody say anything. anything. Yeah, once the enemy manages to get you away from the presence of God, manages to get you away from prayer, manages to get you away from the word of God, your gates are opened. You become vulnerable to anything. Even the smallest witch from Kakamega can attack you. The, the smallest witch from Kisumu, the Kisumu witches, they are not strong. They speak English. So they, so they are not. They are not powerful. Even those ones attack you easily. Why? Because you are vulnerable. Spiritually, you don't have a cover. You are not praying. You are not connected to any prayer. You are not connected to any voice. No one is speaking into your life. No one is covering you. So you are vulnerable to be attacked by the enemy. Your gates are open. You are vulnerable. You are exposed. Is there anyone that has an umbrella here? Now, when you have an umbrella, and you are under an umbrella, when the rain falls, you are covered. When, some, when the sun shines, you can be covered. When someone throws something on you, you are still what? But when you don't have an umbrella, and all those things are being thrown from the top, they all get to you. Most of you, by the time you go through disconnecting yourself from your covering, disconnecting yourself, you are exposed. Any arrow from anywhere gets to you and gets you down and out. And guess what? When you are exposed like that, the devil starts to flood your mind with so many demonic suggestions. Oh, I don't think this thing called church is even working. I don't think this thing called um, prayer is even works. You see, the enemy starts to flood your mind with negativities. Why? Because you are disconnected from Jehovah. When you are out of touch with God, chances are that you are in touch with the devil. The enemy begins to flood your mind with unnecessary suggestions. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yes. Now, now stand, just stand. Now, this is what? You see the way he's under the umbrella? If I try to throw this phone here, 
it will fall off. If I try to hit him with this, it will still fall off. Why? Because he's under what? A cover. Somebody say a cover. A cover. Say a cover. a cover. Whatever the enemy throws from here, as long as he has this umbrella as a cover, he is what? Protected. Amen? So I can try to be hitting this, hitting, hitting, hitting. It does not get to him. Or imagine all these are arrows and attacks of the enemy. Different forms of attacks. Talk about sicknesses. Talk about diseases. Talk about financial challenges. Talk about what? Imagine all throwing all these what? attacks. <laughs> He's still afraid. It's, it will not get to you. <laughs> but now if you remove this. And I start to hit. It's what? Direct. As you hit. People don't like you in this church. You can be seated. Are you getting me? Without the cover, he's exposed. Say, Lord, help me not to get away from my cover. Yes. You need someone that speaks into your life. Someone that prays for you. Someone that covers you. So once the enemy removes that, now he starts to, you become exposed, you become vulnerable, your gates are open for the enemy to come in at any time, to destroy you, to attack you, and to do anything that he wants to do to you. Amen? Yes. And the enemy flood your mind, because it's happening so, so in an intelligent, in a cunning way, you don't even realize it, that you are getting away from the presence of God. Because Every thought that will come into your mind, it will sound legitimate. Oh, look, I've been praying and praying. Nothing is changing. Why do I have to continue? You understand? Yeah. The enemy will give you legitimate reasons why you don't have to connect with God. Now, let's go to John chapter 15, verse 4. Do you have the Passion Translation? Check if you have it. If you don't have it, just give me New King James. Okay, let's read this and as you look for the Passion. Can you, can you imagine that this is God speaking God says abide in and I in yeah let's, let's finish with the, the one I had then we come, we, we, we come back to the passion keep it thank you that you, it's good that we have it he says abide in me and I will abide in you as the branch cannot bear fruit in itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you also unless you abide in me. You see, when the enemy makes you so intelligent and smart in your own mind, thinking you can do it by your own, you don't need any man of God, you don't need any church, you don't, my friend, you are on your way to destruction. Are you hearing me? Yeah, the enemy convinces you, you don't need anybody. You need someone. You need a cover. He said, when you abide in him and he in you, in the same way that a branch cannot bear fruit in itself, so will you not be able to bear fruit, be fruitful, do well, succeed, if you don't have a connection. Who are you connected to? How well are you connected to the presence of God? Constantly, you see, this is what we, we are doing sometimes. Some of us, we do grafting. You studied agriculture. You know grafting. Yes. You abide. Today you remove. You go, you, you abide there. You remove. 
you abide, what happens? If you abide here for one week, one month, and you are uprooted, going to a plant on another soil, and what happens? You die. You don't grow, and you feel frustrated and destroyed, and you begin to wonder, what is going on with my life? You need to decide. If this altar is working for you, it's working for you, you stay. If it is not working for you, my friend, ladies and gentlemen, I am very, very easy and comfortable to tell you, possibly maybe you are not meant to be here. Are you getting me? Because I was not called for everybody. I was called for a certain group of people. It would be an error for me to think that I was called for the entire of Nairobi. And everybody in Nairobi is supposed to come to my church. It's not possible. But I, I was called for certain people who believe in the grace that is upon my life. And believe in this altar. Those are the people that will be here. And come what, come rain or shine, they will still be here. Come rain or shine, even when you stay at home, you will not feel comfortable. Come rain or shine, even when you go somewhere else, you still not feel comfortable. You will still come back here. Why? Because you are connected to this altar. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yes. yes. So you need to learn how to abide. Tell your neighbor, abide. abide. Because for you to be fruitful, you must learn how to connect to the main tree. Now let's go to next verse 5. Uh -huh. We are reading to 7. I am the vine. Let's read. He says, if you abide in me and I abide in you, you shall bear much from today because you have been abiding in this house. May you become fruitful. I said, because you have been abiding in this altar, Coming to pray, waiting on the Lord, sowing your seed, spending your time in his presence. May you become fruitful. I said, may you become fruitful. May your presence here not be in vain. In the name of Jesus. He says, if you abide in me and I in you, you shall bear much fruit. Verse 6. If anyone does not abide in me, he... So when you try to, we are, we are, see us as a ministry, as a tree. If you try to pull yourself out, you say you what? Yeah, because you have, you've got no connection. Somebody say no connection. If you don't stay on to the tree and you pull yourself out, he says you are not connected to God, you wither. And they gather them and throw them into the fire. And you are, they are what? Verse 7. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, what a scripture. In other words, if you have been asking what you desire and it has not been granted, chances are that you are not abiding the way you are supposed to abide. Because this, this is Jesus speaking. He says, Are you really abiding or you are grafting? You are here this week, and then the next time we see you is. Six, six weeks later, tell your neighbor, abide. abide. You see, when you abide and you are connected, and you see, for instance, we are on prayer every morning. Yesterday, I had a long day, but we still prayed at night. Are you hearing me? We pray every night. Now, we pray in the morning, we pray in the evening. Some of you, you are not there at all. You are not finding a way to abide. Tell your neighbor, abide. abide. Yes. 
Find a way and connect because sometimes you don't know how that prayer, last night's prayer, I personally enjoyed the prayer. We're praying about the will of God. Say the will of God. Yeah, that the will of God will be done in our lives. That is the greatest type of prayer you need. So somehow find a way to connect. Because we are we are praying in the morning, you can connect. We are praying in the evening, we can connect. We are having cashes, you can connect. We are having Sunday services. Find a way to abide in him. And he says, when you abide, you shall ask whatever it is that you will, and it shall be granted unto you. Let's take it from the Passion Translation. I like the way the Passion Translation puts it. From verse 4. Shall we read one go? Say life, life union. Yeah, God says you must remain in life union with me. And personally, that's one thing I, 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 I do. If you know, I, I am a person of relationships. Somebody say relationships. When I connect with somebody, not unless you are a demon... I don't disconnect from people that easily. No, there are some people they are they are employed by the devil. They are they work for the devil. They are demons. Hello? Yes. Oh, you don't know. So you have never seen somebody who has a lot of demons. So I always say if I connect with you, it's either you come to my funeral or I come to your funeral. Are you getting me? Yes, if you are a genuine person, that's why when my best friend here died many years ago, it was the time of COVID. Nobody was supposed to travel, but I flew and went to Homabe and made sure I was there to bury him. That time I was in London. We flew here, went to Homabe and buried him. Why? Because he was my best friend. Amen? Yes, most people, they don't know how to value relationships. Somebody say relationships. Yeah, you need to connect properly to people. And because in the same way, we bring the same attitude we have in the world to the kingdom. So, today you are connected here, then you unplug. And the next time you are connected there and you unplug. See, you need to learn how to have long life relationships. That you don't destroy, that you don't break. There are some relationships you have no option than to break them. Are you getting me? Because they are toxic. But there are certain relationships you must learn how to keep them because they form the fulcrum and the very foundation of your life. And they, through that, you grow and become where God, who God wants you to be. So Jesus says, you must remain in a life, what? Union with me. For I remain in a life union with you. Yes. Jesus is ready to remain in life union with us. But most of us, we are not. For as a branch. Let's read one go. Uh -uh, let's read one go. Is it a word that you cannot pronounce or what? Let's read one go. Tell your neighbor, we don't want to be fruitless. We, want to, we want, to want to abide. Tell your neighbor, we want to abide. Tell your neighbor, we want to abide. So look at the person sitting on your left. Next week, if you don't see them, call them and ask them, where were you? I did not see you in church. You have to abide. Amen? 
Yes, tell your neighbor you have to abide. Yes, verse 5. Verse 5. You... As you live in union with me as your source, fruitless and uh, fruitfulness, sorry, fruitfulness will stream from can you imagine that? It says, and, and that is the main reason why I actually wanted us to take this um, take this um, 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 this version. It says, as you live in union with me as your as your fruitfulness will stream from within you. I pray that you become fruitful as you connect to this source. If you don't have a source, you cannot be fruitful. But if you connect to this house as your source, you become fruitful. He says, as you remain in me as your source, you shall become one. But when you are separated from me, you become what? Powerless. Say, I choose to remain here to be fruitful. Sorry, say, I choose to remain here to be fruitful. I refuse to be powerless. In Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, let's put your hands together. Let's be upstanding. Yes, the rest will continue next time. I hope you have been blessed. Yeah, let's continue the scripture. We are, let's read the rest of the scripture we read from verse 5. Yes. Verse 6. Shall we read? Hey. If a person is separated from me, he is what? He is what? Do you want to be discarded? I refuse to be what? Discarded. I refuse to be powerless. I refuse to be discarded. I choose to be fruitful. Tell your neighbor I will be fruitful. Shout it, I will be fruitful. Shout it, I will be fruitful. In fact, from this week you shall. You see, the whole idea is that he says, if you choose me as a source, and you remain and you abide in me, you ask anything you want, and it shall be granted. But most of the problem is that most of us, we don't know how to abide at all. Like I said, the same nature you have in building relationships out there. Last week you were with John. The other day you were with Peter. The next time you were with Bartholomew. The other day you were with Matthew. All the disciples of Jesus, you are sampling them. In the same nature, you bring the same nature and the attitude to church. Hallelujah. Yes. Say, God have mercy. Yeah. When, when it's church, it's church. Amen. When you come, you stay. Tell your neighbor, I abide. I abide. Yes. You abide. So, when you don't see somebody next week, call them and say, you are not abiding. What is your problem? We, we want you to what? Abide. Tell your neighbor, abide. abide. Yes, verse 7. Let's read the last verse and we go. But if you leave union with me and if my words within you you can ask whatever you desire and it will be done are you getting it he said if you abide in me and my words abide powerfully in you then 
The emphasis is what? But you must fulfill the crosses ahead. Amen? Then, you can ask anything you desire and it shall be done. May Jehovah God bring you to that place where you will ask everything you desire and he shall do it for you. Are you ready to pray? I want you to talk to God right here. Tell the Lord, Father, help me to abide. Help me to remain in you. Let me tell you, I told you the enemy will start giving you suggestions why you don't have to abide, why you have to disconnect from God. But those are demonic, the, the Bible call it the cunning deception of the devil. Cunning deception. Why you don't have to abide. Come on, begin to talk to God. Lift up your voice and talk to him. Father, help me abide. Father, help me abide. Father, help me abide. Come on, lift up your voice and talk to God. Help me abide. Help me abide. Help me abide. Ligado Shabahaya. Labrago Shananamataya. Izelele Brako Shalabrashantadabaya. Legazonananamatala Labrashalabaya. Rapaliabako Shananamata. Rapapala Bako Shalabrantabaya. Shenanamekapa Lagadosh. Rapapa Lagada Shanamaya. Labrantos Kadia Atosia Ate. Shendebekalua Atandabaya. Rapapa La Palia Nanamata. Rapa La Pala Brantata Laba. Legade Shalala Laba. Rapa La Brashalala Branta. Laba. Kado shabala branta ba, rante le 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 katoriata, rapa la palia asona na na mataya, rapalia asonda na baya shalala ba, rapa la branto shadia ato shata, le 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 kado na manabra shalala branta ba, Father we are so God, abide in us so God, help us abide in your house, help us abide in the church, help us abide in us. In the mighty name of Jesus, let us abide, O God. Lebado shababala brashala la brashataya. Lelele kadona la brashala la brashana namata. Lelele kadoni mi hazaya. In the name of Jesus, hear me. The devil has a way of using different voices to attack you and attack your abiding. The devil can speak through anybody, anybody, and I mean anybody. Even Peter, who was the leader of the apostles, at one point Jesus called him Satan. Why? Because at that very moment the devil was using him. Jesus said, Get thee behind me, not Peter, Satan. And a few minutes before, the man had given a revelation from heaven. Jesus said, a few minutes before, Jesus said, Flesh and blood has not given you this revelation, but my father who is in heaven, right after. The devil enters Peter and starts to use me and speak through Peter. Jesus said, get thee behind me, Satan. You want to pray that any evil voice that the devil will use to disconnect you from abiding in this house, abiding, connecting to this altar, may Jehovah God crush that voice. Are you hearing me? If it can come from anywhere, any corner, any avenue, you want to tell the Lord, Father, shield me from evil voices. I always tell you, eh? somebody can tell you something. It may not be true, but it can affect you for the rest of your life. 
Are you getting me? Yes. It can affect you for the rest of your life. And now it starts to even disturb your spiritual work. You want to talk to Jehovah. Say, Father, help me to abide. Help me to abide. Any evil voices. Any evil voices. I pray that may you shut my ears to evil voices. Shut my ears to evil voices. Come on, lift up your voice. Come on, lift up your voice. Lift up your voice. in the name of Jesus 